0: Today's episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great gambling tips. Be sure to head to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive articles, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com, your go-to spot for sports content. Hello, and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. It is Super Bowl week, and we are recording in the home of Super Bowl 56 Los Angeles. Boy, uh, I mean, we got Woj Bombs to cover. Uh, It's Super Bowl week, as we mentioned. We got free money to hand out. Uh, Let's not waste any time here. Let's get into it. So, big news today. We're going to talk some NBA first. Uh, Trade deadline has come and gone. Um... And obviously, I think the biggest news uh, of the uh, deadline cycle was James Harden no longer on the Brooklyn Nets. He is out. He's in uh, exchanged for Ben Simmons. Um, and let's see who all was. We'll give you the full the full trade, uh, full trade here. Uh, Seth Curry was included. All right, here we go. This is called being unprepared, here, folks. <laughs> okay, so they trade him for Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, and Seth Curry, uh, and so that's a pretty big haul there that the um, the the Nets got in return. But I think that the winner of this trade uh, was I think. Well, first off, I. I both of these guys can you really be happy for either one of them? I mean, they they're both pre-badanas. They're both a bunch of cry babies. Like the first, you got Ben Simmons who, Wah, my coach was, he said we might not be able to win with me. It, like what type of thing? Like, we covered this last time. He's acting like, quite frankly, he's acting like a bitch. Okay, like they wonder why they think uh, that people today are entitled and NBA players are pampered. It is right there. It's sitting out of season. Not because of an injury. Uh, not because of it, anything like that. It's because you played like crap during the postseason. You couldn't hit a free throw. You haven't worked on your jump shot at all since coming into the league. Uh, and, and your coach, who defended you most of last year, by the way. Well, I think Doc Rivers went out of his way to defend him the majority of the year. I was like, yeah, at this point, I don't know if we can win Ben Simmons. Oh, and he got so hurt by the boo-hoo so he hasn't played. I mean, come on. Can you, And then the other one in, in James Harden, who, you know, you can give him a pass all you want from wanting to request a trade from the Rockets, how he just kind of quit there. But, like, honestly, I don't give him a pass because I think the way – the reason he's like, well, you know, I never got enough help. We couldn't win. He was the major problem in the postseason. Like, everyone remembers that 10-point performance against the Spurs where Kawhi Leonard was not even playing in that game. And he had 10 points, like, totally disengaged. And then he ran Paul George uh, out of town – or, excuse me, Chris Paul out of town too – They were a game away from winning the finals. Paul George, well, you know, I'm not getting along with Paul George. Let's ship him out for Westbrook, and then look what happened there. And then all of a sudden, he pouts, he wants out of Houston. Oh, you know, they're not giving me enough pieces. No, like, they gave you plenty of pieces. They gave you every opportunity to win, and half the time that that you didn't win is because you stunk it up. Like, it was like he was trying to shoot. Yeah, I mean, he was terrible. So now he comes to Brooklyn. He gets what he wants. And if you can't make playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving work <laughs> on paper, that's probably one of the most dominant big three put together in NBA history. Like, and I, I, I get it. I lost it. I can get why you would be frustrated with Kyrie Irving for not wanting to play. And I think they only play together 16 games total, the, the three of them. So like, I, I get everything wasn't great there, but like, you're going to be gone soon anyway. Like, Why wouldn't you want to try and stay and finish out the season? I, so that kind of baffles me too. Um, but like, from the pure basketball perspective, I think both teams got what they wanted here. Um, obviously, both teams, I, th- I think, got what they wanted. But the 76ers, I think you look at it, I think they're the clear winners of this trade. Because... That team has been doing great without Ben Simmons all, all season. Uh, dude, I think they're one of the best teams. Joel Embiid's playing out of his mind. I think he's probably, he is the best big man, man in the NBA right now. Uh, he's playing at an MVP caliber level. And then now you add a James Harden with him, who quite frankly, I think those two together, I mean, that's going to be one of the best pick and roll duos the NBA's ever seen. Like, that's going to be better than the John Stockton, Carl Malone pick and roll duo. If everything worked correctly, because I, James Harden's, he's a more dynamic player than John Stock never was. I think he can shoot slightly better too. Um, that, that's a really good move for him. I think that team just went to a whole nother level now. They were already good. I, but like everyone kind of looks at the 76ers as like the regular season team that, you know, playoff time comes around, second round, exit, third round. But like now I think that's a legitimate contender uh so that's that's a huge move for them and then you know what for the for Brooklyn too with the three ball handlers. now you get a guy that plays defense James Harden didn't play defense you get a good run protector Ben Simmons say what you want about him but you can play good defense he facilitates he doesn't need shots like he's not taking the ball out of Kyrie's hands he's not taking the ball out of KD's hands late in the game so you have a facilitator there and you get a little shooting with Seth Curry too in a big man in Drummond. so like i I, you know what? I think it worked out for both teams. Can't say I'm particularly happy for either one of them. I think both the players involved in that trade making it happen, completely immature. And if you watch the NBA All-Star draft, <laughs> it was hilarious. And I'm glad... <laughs> KD didn't, uh, drafted draft him there. You know, was a little pettiness going on, but like, you know what? Can you really blame him if he wanted out of Brooklyn? And, and Charles Barkley, the ball's on this man. This is why he's the best analyst out there. He's hilarious. He's <laughs> asking straight up like, how are you dealing with all that, uh, nonsense going on in Brooklyn? So. But, and you know, what? to KVD's credit, too, uh, he gave a very good answer. And I, I, I think a lot of people can learn from that. He's like, I'm getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball. What do I have to be upset about? But I, I think that's a good answer. That's a good approach to life in general. So, I wish Kevin Durant well. And, you know, I hear, too. This is another point I have. This is also why, like, Kevin Durant, you know, he's had his issues up the core whatnot. And, you know, people, people, you know, he, he was... He gets a lot of crap for being immature on Twitter, and then he went for the war, he went to the Warriors, which I get. But even when he, before he was leaving Golden State, which I, well, I by the way, I thought was dumb to begin with. I think he had a perfect situation there. But anyway, we wanted, he wanted to go to Brooklyn. Uh, that's fine. But I think he had his mind, I think we all knew he had his mind made up that he was going to leave. Like there was rumblings of drama, like the midpoint of that season. All signs were indicating he was about to leave. I think his teammates knew it too. And during that finals, comes back from injury. He risks playing in- injured for the good of the team, knowing he's probably going to leave. He's not going to be there, and he's already won his titles there. And he reheard it, but like he he put it on the line for his team. And I appreciated that. We're like James Harden, you know, kicking, screaming once every way to get out. And this is why this is the difference. Uh th- this is the difference of why James Harden doesn't have a ring and Kevin Durant does. Just the different mentalities. Different mentalities all together. Team, actually, I really think, I, I like what they did, the trade deadline. When I was watching uh, th- this weekend, I went to the, you know, th- these Clippers. Not very popular in L.A. No one goes to Clippers games. Saturday night, uh, I was at that, that, that the Clash of the Coliseum or whatever NASCAR race. Not a huge NASCAR fan. Uh, but, you know, they had nice Ice Cube concert, Pitbull. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Congrats to Joey Logano, by the way. It was actually a very good race. Not getting into that. But afterwards, we are like, looking at it, and, like, tickets so for the, the, the boxing game are like 20 bucks. Clippers bucks. I was like, you can see Giannis for 20 bucks? Hell yeah, I'm going to do that. But I really like the Covington move they made. I think Covington adds a knight, nice, or the excuse me, the Norman Powell. Covington was included too, but Covington's going to be free. The Norman Powell edition. To the Clippers team. I think you get a nice depth piece that can shoot and he can score. And when you get Paul George back next year and Kawhi Leonard, like the Clippers this year, Ty Lue also has a case. You could make a case that he could be coach of the year with what he's working with, with all the injuries there, the fact he's keeping that team afloat and they're probably going to make the playoffs. Mind you, it'll be a play in, but, uh, you know, they're staying competitive. They're not mailing it in, but next season, that's a move for next year when you get Paul George back, you get Kawhi back the depth they got now, Luke Kennard, and then you had Norman Powell with some shooting. Oof! That's going to be a tough out. And I don't see how they wouldn't be the favorites next year, because that team's going to be loaded. And then you got Terrence Mann, too, who who can ball Reddy Jackson. Like, that's that's going to be a scary team. So you watch out for them. I thought that was a great trade for them. That was one of the teams I thought won the deadline. Pacers, meanwhile, I don't know what the hell that trade was. With the, I mean, that one was head-scratching at all levels. I, I mean... Um, they get rid of Sabonis. And for the Kings too, and the Kings have always been kind of a loser franchise that no one really knows what the hell is going on with them. But like, you had a player that seemed to be the future of your uh, your franchise here. With, with uh, Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton. And they trade him for, I mean, that was... That was confusing. So that just seems like a 2K move. You do the hell of it to shift things up, but like that was a uh, that was a weird that was a weird trade. I mean, and the Kings are nowhere enticing to join. It's probably even worse now because you got rid of your only young piece. So I guess the Pacers now by doing it, they're freeing up a little cap space, and it makes Turner want to stay more because now he can play center more. I guess, but uh, I mean. Yeah, that that was a bizarre one. The other story here, too, this week, trade deadline. The Lakers did not make a move, which I think everyone kind of knew was going to happen because, like, who who do they have? No one – they have no assets to trade. Um, Russell Westbrook's getting a lot of – I mean, it's – the situation over there is getting kind of untenable. I mean, you got Westbrook, who got benched once again. Uh, in an overtime game against the Knicks when they won. And then he got benched again, again in a game against the uh, Bucks where they kind of got stomped. Uh, and he was making a big show of it over in the post game. Then he comes out once again. Typical Westbrook, not very self aware. Well, you know, I've kind of earned the, the right uh, to be in the starting lineup. My resume backs it up, yada, yada, yada. It's like no one cares about your resume, bro. And your resume also doesn't have a uh, ring on it. He's not a winning player. He, he's just not. And also the fact that he's been on five teams in five years, basically. What is it? Been four teams now? Could have been five. If they got traded here. Hey, I mean, doesn't that tell you something? He's gone from the Thunder to the Rockets to the Wizards to the Lakers, and now they want to get rid of him on the Lakers. Like four teams in four years. Like think about that. What other Hall of Fame player do you know, all timer, that has been dealt four times in four years? Like that, that, that right there tells you all you need to know about Russell Westbrook. And once again, it's very self unaware. And it, it's sad too, because I think he does still have some good basketball left with him, but he doesn't want to accept his role. And I think right now he's just, he's, he's starting to quit. And this is something, especially with the, the, the James Harden situation that was smart by the Nets perspective. When you have a guy that no longer wants to be there, You got to get him out of the locker room as quickly as possible because the negativity like that, it spreads. It's like a virus. And, like, James Harden, kicking, screaming, doesn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore. Like, you got to get rid of him. You got to get him out of the locker room as quickly as possible. And so, now I think it's coming close to that with Westbrook where I think it's getting clear because he had that backflip. And, man, Westbrook's been Mr. Ironman. Like, he, he plays all the time. That's the one thing you will say about him. He plays hard when he's in, and he's always available. And all of a sudden, he has a back flare-up, coincidentally. Like, his back was fine, I think he just didn't want to play. And it almost worked out well for him, because they got embarrassed to the Portland Trail, against the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm the Lakers, and I'm Frank Vogel, and you're trying to save your season, I think you're saying, like, look, we already know we're stuck with him. And he's probably going to pick up his option, because he's getting paid, he's due $47 million his player option. No one's paying him that much. Like in free agency, so he's gonna pick up his player options. So they got to figure out what they do, but for this season especially, and you got Anthony Davis and you got LeBron James. So as bad as, bad as it looks, and it, it is pretty bad right now. Like you gotta try it. Like you can't be bailing in seasons because there's only so many year mileage that you got with LeBron James. So while he's on there, you got to take advantage of it. Uh, I, I would just straight up, and be like, look, Russ, you're you're coming off the bench. You're, you're being the 6 man role because I think he would be great in that role. Why don't we see him thrive? On bad team, bad situation. So he's in a role coming off the bench with a Malik Monk or something like that. I think he would be great in that role where he doesn't have to split up possessions with LeBron or defer Because LeBron's in, he should be the primary ball hander. He's usually ball hander most of the time. And Russ playing off the ball doesn't work. He's not a good enough shooter. He can't play off ball with Russ. He can't shoot. So I would bring him off the bench. Second team. And I think he would, I think he would really be good that role. And I think Russ's ego won't allow him to do that. He doesn't want to come off the bench. But I mean, that's, I think that would be the best scenario for him. And he's played with Carmelo before in OKC. You put him with Carmelo, Malik, that's a solid second unit. And I think you would drive a lot better there. And then you earn your way back into playing in the fourth quarter. And you show you can't turn the ball. But it's not going to happen. The Lakers season is screwed. And I still stand by this. And everyone always says like oh, about the the, the Russ move being the worst move. Their worst move of the offseason, in my mind. Because you look at a team with Frank Vogel that should be good defensively. The bread and butter he's made on defense. That's a horrible defensive team. When they did not re-sign Alex Caruso, who wanted to come back. And he wanted to come back on a discount. That was their biggest mistake of the offseason. And in 2020, when they won that championship, I mean... Who is one of the few guys that LeBron and Vogel actually trusted on the floor in the fourth quarter in the finals? Caruso. This is a guy not, not a huge ego, doesn't need a ton of shots, can score if need be, and he plays defense. That was stupid. And that's one of the reasons the Bulls. Top of the conference right now. Smart move like that. That was a good addition by him. Uh mind you, he's been hurt a little bit this year, but uh. Hmm? That's what I see. You know, LeBron's <laughs> It's also funny too, before already move on. LeBron's like that guy that throws like a really good party, like in college or whatever. When he was in a fraternity. He's like the guy that you invite over to the party because you know he's going to be the life party. He throws an excellent party. You invite him to his house. He knows all the people. He's got all the connections. He's helping make this thing a banger. He's inviting the girls over, whatnot. He's bringing the booth. Like he's got it set up. You invite the guy over. It's great. You have a banger at a party, but when he leaves, your house is trashed. And it's usually because of him because he's doing like dumb stuff. Which makes party banger. Like, you're gonna get, you're gonna get your banger, but like, the house, afterwards, destroyed. Because of, mostly because of him. That's what LeBron is when he comes to these teams. You're gonna, he's gonna get you your ring, but he's usually leaving that franchise in shambles. Like, you look at the Lakers situation right now, I don't envy that team in a couple years. Especially because I don't think it's any foregone conclusion he's staying much longer, but. Old roster. They got no p- first round picks till 2027. They got a horrible contract with one, Russell Wilson, Westbrook, and like you look, they were like I think they wanted to make trades at the deadline, but everyone knew they were in such a terrible situation where they could take advantage of them and it'd be a desperation situation that like they were gonna get ripped off. And I think that's what we saw. And that's and Rob Palenka was smart for not forcing a move because they were gonna get ripped off. So most of the teams either they wanted they wanted uh, that the first round pick or they wanted to cap it. It just wouldn't have been worth it. They're in a terrible situation, and a lot of that's because of LeBron. You got your ring, but that's the cost of bringing the, the, the guy over that runs like the great parties. Is, your house is going to be in shambles after he leaves, and it happened in Cleveland. It happened in Miami. You want to have him on your team. You always want to have if you're having a good party. You want to bring. You want to invite that one guy, but you got to deal with the consequences afterwards. And I think we're seeing the consequences of that right now. <laughs> All right, it's been Super Bowl week. You know, for a town like L.A., it, it's surprising. They're hosting the Super Bowl. Like, you wouldn't know. it On the, the, the radio, these boobs are talking about, like, French fries and the Lakers tire fire. Like, I were barely any football talk driving to work uh, the past couple days. But uh should be a good Super Bowl. Um, it, it's also funny because the Rams are the road team, which is kind of <laughs> funny how it alternates. But beautiful stadium, awesome halftime show. This is one of the most excited I've been about a Super Bowl in a while, I think it's a very uh, intriguing matchup. Uh, especially you know the Bengals haven't been there a while. You know you're, you're getting something new. Uh, and the Rams in their home stadium, a little bit of extra buzz around that too. But you know all these there's been the two quarterbacks in this game. The majority of the, the majority of the talk has gone to Joe Burrow. And, I mean it makes sense. He's the cool one. He's got the swag. He's got the change. He's got the glass. He's smoking cigars. Like, he's a cool guy to root for, and he's an easy guy to root for. You know, he's handled his fair share of adversity at transfer from Ohio State, wins the national championship at LSU, first-round pick, t- he tears the ACL out for the season, on a bad team, turns the Bengals around, overcomes He pulls off some huge upsets. So, I, it is... And this is why I think, and we'll get into this later in the free money thing, but there's a reason that the Bengals are getting a lot of the money right now. It's because, one, it's because of Joe Burrow, and two, because they're, they're public underdogs. They're an easy team to root for, and they're getting a lot of attention for and mostly because of Joe Burrow, and good for him. I like Joe Burrow. You know, I like Joe Burrow because he wanted to go to Nebraska. And then Nebraska was like the dumbasses they are. Coach Frog, oh, you know, we got our quarterback, Adrian's our guy. Yeah, look how that worked out for you. But he wanted to come to Nebraska, so for him, I like that. And all the other things as well. Easy guy to root for. Not enough attention, though, is going to Matt Stafford. And I think this is Matt. And as much as I like Joe Burrow, he's still a young quarterback. Matt Stafford is the guy that I'm rooting for in this big game. And here's why. That is, he should be the people's underdog right here. You look at what Matt Stafford's had to overcome in his career. Playing in Detroit. First off. For all those years. Wasting away. And did he pull a James Harden and cry that it was in Detroit and demand he got out of there? No. He did his time there, and he made that franchise relevant. He carried like, last time there in the playoffs because of Matt Stafford. On a god-awful team, and he's been in a terrible division. First quarterback, the fastest quarterback to reach 1,000, 2,000, 4,000 passing yards. Or, excuse me, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 passing yards. Best quarterback in NFL history to do that. He's been balling. He's tough. The rookie year that played, his minding play dislocates the shoulder, and then he throws a touchdown pass in the next game. His wife had a brain tumor to deal with. They raised a lot of money for the city of Detroit. Like, that's a guy that it's easy to root for. And now he's finally, after all those years in Detroit, a recent way, he gets his wish, he gets to a contending team, and he takes him to the Super Bowl. He's showing everyone what he could do when he gets help around him. Because he's always been a good quarterback. But everyone's like, oh, stat pad for, you know. he's He's just kind of an afterthought. Because he's on a terrible team. And now he's getting his chance to showcase in the spotlight. And I think he's been excellent. I think he's been incredibly sharp during this postseason. Now, he had a couple throws against, two throws against the 49ers, the one that should have gotten picked, quite frankly, and then he had a bad red zone interception. So, like, those two throws. But you take away those two, he's been excellent all postseason. And I think he's proven that, like, he's done enough to already show that that deal was worthwhile for the Rams, win or lose this game. But uh, after all he's been through, and that just goes to show you that in life, if you work hard and you're persistent at it, that good things will come to you. Even like they don't have to all come to you right away. Career, otherwise, you know, sometimes it takes time. You gotta grind and work for it. And now it's finally getting his chance to show what he can be, and I, I, I'm happy for him. I think I, I think they got a good chance of winning this game. As well. But I am truly happy for Matt Stafford. And that's not I got nothing against Joe Burrow. Like I said, he's an easy guy to root for too. But like out of the two quarterbacks, Matt Stafford hasn't been getting enough attention. And I heard an interesting theory on the radio too. That, I, I mean, do I agree with it? It's not, not necessarily no, but uh it's not wrong. I mean, you look at the two, him and Aaron Rodgers, especially if he wins the Super Bowl. Both quarterbacks, you know, in high school or in college. One quarterback going to go to a community college. The other one put up huge numbers at Georgia. No, no, the, the one. So with the two, the one had to wait four years to start. The other one who took his team to the playoffs very early in his career. And now, I mean, you look at the numbers wise. The one's had a bunch of help in Green Bay, a ton of support around him. And he, quite frankly, he's over. He, he's been very underwhelming. And Matt Stafford now in his first chance with a real team. Has a chance to win the Super Bowl rank. So, hey, between him and Aaron Rodgers, who would you rather take? I mean, probably Rodgers at this point, but you, you're looking at the two, and the one was brought into a much better situation, and he's done less. He, he's done less than more, with the, the. he's done less with more than I think a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL and the people realize. And Matt Stafford, on the other hand, all he's done is been balling and put up numbers for years in a horrible Detroit team. So, there you go. We shall see. Alright, let's get into the free money aspects of it. Who do we hate taking in this game? I think this one, and like I said, the Bengals very public underdogs right here. A lot of the money's on the Bengals. I don't know why. I think this one's very easy. I was very excited about it. I quickly uh I, I mean what I was gonna put down i put it down in the RAN. Minus four. I think they're gonna win by a touchdown in this one. I think the Bengals, if you watch them this postseason, they've been tra- one, they've been trailing in almost every game. The Tennessee game, they probably should have lost that game. If it wasn't for the Tannehill, that was just one quarterback was worse than the other down the stretch. The Kansas City one, they probably should have lost too. And then Patrick Mahomes just forgot how to play quarterback the second half. So they got like kind of lucky there. And is that formula sustainable against a very good pass? So, like, you got sacked nine times against Tennessee. Tennessee's got a good defense. They're not that good. Now you're gonna have to deal with Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller. I don't know. I think that's disruptive for the for, for Bengals offense that relies on relies on timing and getting the ball out quick. That's going to be very disruptive. So I'm taking the I'm taking the Rams and offensively too. I mean that's a lot of firepower, and the Bengals defense is not good. I think the Bengals overall at this point are just they caught lightning in the bottle at the right time, but. Talent wise stacking up, man, it's tough. I think the Rams probably, there's a chance, I think, I don't think it will go down because Joe Burrow is good enough to keep it within striking distance, but I can see the Rams getting up early in this one. Uh, and then you know, letting their foot off the gas a little bit second half. There's maybe you know they score some points to make it look close at the end, like a 35-28 sort of ball game. But uh, I, I really like the Rams here. So that's the first one. Other prop bet I saw Cooper Cup over one hundred six yards. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely hammer that. And they also have him, I think, for eight catches. It was or eight and eight and a half. Uh, either one of those, I think, you're going to get your money's worth. The Bengals secondary, once again, I don't think's that great. Like Eli Apple, not not great. And uh, I mean. All these quarterbacks were able to move the ball. And the, the Raiders almost had a chance of knocking them off. They were able to move the ball on against, against them, too. So, I just saw the weapons here. No Dell on the other side. That's going to be tough. Uh, so, I, I would like... That's the second one I really like. Third bet. for You know, free money. Little sh- little shits and giggles. Uh, the, the other prop bet I like... And these two you maybe combine. Just, you know, get a little parlay going. But, uh... I like the Bengals to score more points in the second half than the first half. I think this has been fairly, this has been a fairly easy one. If you look at them, they start slow in a lot of these games. Um, and the Rams, on the other hand, you know, you saw them against Tampa Bay, uh, or excuse me. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Uh you know they 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 kind of let their foot off the gas when they were up big. And I think this is going to be another game where they they get a, they jump on them a little bit early. Uh so I I see the Bengals scoring more points in the second half than the first half. So those would be my big prop bets for this week as well. Um Yeah. That's all we got for you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Enjoy the Super Bowl should be a good one.